Hey warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine. And you know, today I'm talking to all the people pleasers out there, which probably is every single human at some level, but some of us have graduated out of really being in this cesspool of people pleasing. And some of us really, really are struggling with it. And so I want to bring up this topic because it's actually something many of the people who come to work with me are struggling with, surprisingly, right? You'd think that the further up you go up the totem pole or the further up you go in business, the more of a name you have, the more people you have working for you, the more whatever that this people-pleasing tendencies go away. But I will tell you that it is crippling, crippling some of these guys and women that I have seen. I've done a little bit. I mean, obviously we all do it at some level. So I'm not going to say I don't do this, right? But I would, I would probably say I tend to be more on the other side of the spectrum. That's like, no, I do what I want when I want, you know? And it's not always popular. And a lot of people get offended, right? Because I don't tend to bend a lot, And and that's something I get to work on is the opposite end of that, right? But today, I really want to talk to those of you who are really struggling with these people-pleasing tendencies, whether it's your team that is running all over you, right? Like your team is running you instead of you running your team. Your kids are running you, your teenage children, your university children, your adult children, maybe, right? Maybe it's your spouse. I see this a lot in marriages where, you know, guys and women, but especially the men, I don't know, again, maybe I'm generalizing, maybe it's because that's who I'm coaching more of or whatever. But you know, I'm seeing a lot of this people pleasing behavior. So I just want to call it out. And I also want to invite us to look at it a little bit differently to give you a new perspective shift of how to look at this. Okay. So when we're talking about like this people pleasing, what's it really about anyways? Like, right. We already know it's conflict avoidance, or it's the idea that we're going to have a confrontation or some kind of conflict. And we are running from it. We are hiding from it. We are avoiding from it. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to deal with the person. We don't want to deal with the fallout, the repercussions, the wrath, you know, whatever's going to come down the pipeline, maybe you're afraid someone's going to leave, right? Literally like an employee is going to leave the company or leave a position and you need them, right? Your lover is going to leave and you need them or they're going to be upset with you. And so you're going to feel that disconnection. So first and foremost, I think it's so important for us to get radically honest with ourselves about what exactly are we terrified of? What are you fearing? Because listen, when these things have roots in fear, 
you know, it never ends up good, right? If you initiate something from a consciousness or a root of fear, it always comes back to manifest more of the thing that you created it in. It may pacify things for a bit. It might soothe the surface, but below the roots are just getting messier and messier and messier. And eventually whatever you create in or out of whatever energy, right? Whatever mindset, whatever you, whatever state you're in, you end up manifesting more of that eventually. So I just want to say that, you know, for those of you who are people pleasing and you find yourself being posed with whether it's your inbox getting inundated and you can feel like this internal pressure, like, oh shoot, I got to respond to that person right now or else, right? And maybe it's your wife texting you or your husband texting you. You're like, you're already like your heart's racing because you're saying, hey, babe, can you do this for me? Or can you, you know, this thing's coming up. I really want you to go with me or I need you to be there or whatever the thing is. And you're like, right. And, and it's a no for you. It's a no for you. Or maybe it's a not right now. I'm dedicated to something else, but we compromise who we are. We compromise what matters most to us in the moment. We compromise what matters most in the long run for just this avoiding that short-term pain or the idea of pain, but the, the root there, right? Initially, we're trying to avoid this sting, right? But the so that's the first fear. But deep, deep, deep below the surface, there is a deeper fear that I think, you know, you got to get honest with yourself about like, is this what I'm operating from, right? There's a surface level fear of like, or just like, I don't want to feel the discomfort of being in that awkward conversation. I don't want to deal with it. That's the surface level stuff, right? And a lot of us are always trying to avoid the surface level thing and getting the instant gratification or the instant fix or whatever, pacify, stick a bandaid on it, make it temporarily feel better. But you know that nothing ever improves, right? In fact, it actually makes it worse. What I like to do is go right into the root of things and go, okay, what is actually in there that you're terrified of? What is this cave about? Like, what do you, you know, oh, they're going to leave me. Okay. So then what if they leave you, right? What's the worst case scenario? And then we just kind of keep going down this rabbit hole because at the end of the day, it's almost like we're fearing death. Like it's going to be the death of us, this thing. And we've got to call ourselves back to the knowing, the deeper knowing, the inner knowing in our bones that like that fear is completely irrational. It's planted there. And whenever we operate from fear, we're operating from the energies also of very, of, of control and manipulation. And so what's funny about this whole people-pleasing thing is that when you're people-pleasing or you're reacting to someone just to get them to avoid something, you're actually in the same energy. You're in the energy of fear running the show, but you're actually manipulating and attempting to control an outcome, control the other person's mood, other person's response, the other person's action. It's actually a deep spirit of manipulation and control that is running the show. And the reins, right, are the spirit of fear. And I mean, it's hard, right? Because a lot of people who do the people pleasing were like, no, I do it because I care so much about everyone. I hear this all the time. I care too much. I'm like, 
mm, I believe that that's a distortion, my love. <laughs> you know, you think you care too much, but you have a distorted view of what it means to care. Somehow it's gotten fuzzy, right? Is it possible that to care, you started caring the burdens, the reactions, the responses, and making it about you all the time. So you don't want to feel what other people are feeling. You don't want to deal with that. And actually it's rooted in like me, 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 this, I care so much because if you truly care, you know, do you want to eliminate every feeling that the other person has, right? Do you want to control all of their emotions and all of their feelings? And do you want them to, to be controlled? No, but that's exactly what we're doing when we're caring everything from it for everyone else in the spirit of caring, right? That's exactly what you're doing when we're enabling other people, right? We're robbing them of their ability to step up. We're robbing them of their ability to actually choose how they will respond, right? And, and I just want to say that this, it gets really twisted. It gets twisted up in there. So I just want to come back to this, you know, really double tap, triple tap into this thing that if you are an avoider, and I work with a lot of avoider, and at some level, if you're human, we all have things that we avoid, right? We don't want to see certain things in, in the face. We don't want to admit that we're playing small. We don't want to admit that we're hiding from our spouse. We don't want to admit that we're terrified of being vulnerable and sharing what we're feeling. Like the list goes on. I had my own revelations over last weekend of things that I was like, wow, I got to admit. And accept these things within myself, right? But at, right now we're talking about the people-pleasing aspect. So I want to come back to like, what is it that you actually are dreadfully like terrified of, right? Let's just stare that thing right in the face, right? Because otherwise you're moving from a spirit of fear, manipulation, and control. And I guarantee you, the more you stay in that space, the more of that is going to begin to multiply in your life. It'll start innocently, right? That's how a lot of these tactics work. I, I really do believe that they have spiritual roots. Yes, there's neuroscience behind it. And yes, there's, you know, mindset behind it. And then there's the physical actions, but everything I do believe has a non-physical root that moves just beyond the mental body, right? So as you are, as you begin to operate from these things, oh, I'll just avoid that. Oh, I'll just, you know, be careful because it's a subtle entry point that we start doing these things and we stop being honest with each other. Now, I think that the fear there is that if I'm honest, then it's going to be rejected. If I'm honest, it's not going to be accepted. And again, I'm going to come back to the energy or the state that you're delivering the honest, vulnerable, no share with whatever you're feeling. Like I can't do that right now without, you know, feeling defensive, without oozing guilt, without waiting in anticipation for the rejection. Cause a lot of times we don't realize we're like, yeah, but every time I try that, they just come back at me with more of it. And the question I always ask my clients is how did you present it? Were you all, were you presenting it like frantically, like needing to defend why you're, why you're saying no, or why you're saying not right now, or were you already expecting and anticipating a negative response? I'm not saying that you're not going to get one, but I really, really know <laughs> a from doing this myself. So many times trial and testing working with clients through this is that the energy that we deliver things in and the expectation truly of you know what if it gets to land neutrally what if I'm okay with whatever response comes out of them and I just get to be completely centered and grounded in my no in my yes in my 
opinion or my share or my need or whatever it is without exiting my body. Okay. So the first thing I talked about was, is it, is, what are you actually terrified of? Let's, let's really get raw and real with ourselves because if we let fear run the show, we're running from an energy of manipulation and control, right? The spirit of manipulation and control. And we're, we're doing it because we're afraid of being controlled and manipulated, but we end up doing it and we create more of it in the atmosphere. So something that starts as a very, very tiny, subtle seed that we don't even realize pretty soon it's all up in the atmosphere, right? The other person knows you're a people pleaser. So now they demand more or they have you know more expectations of you. You're growing resentful, right? There's boundaries being dropped everywhere, like all kinds of stuff. We're creating an atmosphere. You guys, the people pleasing creates an atmosphere of complete and total disrespect. Okay. I'm going to say that again. The people pleasing creates an atmosphere in yourself and those around you of complete and total disrespect, disrespect, Disregard, disregard for you, disregard for the other, disrespect for yourself, disrespect for the other. And I want to, you know, really lean into this concept too, that is radically like so disrespectful to be a people pleaser, because what are you saying about the other people in your life? Again, I hear a lot of people like, oh, I just don't want to make them upset. Oh, I just don't. Okay, so what you're saying is these people are so emotionally immature that they cannot handle their own emotions. They can't deal with emotions. I don't believe in them. I don't trust them. I'm afraid of them. They don't know how to handle themselves. They don't know how to do it. They like, you're really not giving anyone else a whole lot of credit, you know? And again, it's trained behavior, right? I've done it. I've been on the receiving end of it. But are we okay? Like, really, if you think about the people that you respect the most, the most in your life, make a list real quick, right? You can pause this podcast, but make a list. I want you to think about the top five people, five people in your life that you have deep respect for, whether you know them personally or you don't, right? Who are those people that like right away, as I'm speaking, you already know they're coming up to the surface. You can think of them right away. And I want to ask you, how much of a people pleaser are those people? How much do they water down their message, right? Like deep, deep respect that you have for them. I've done this exercise over and over again. Every time I have something that I'm curious about growing into more, I, I start thinking about who are the people I know that really embody that. And, you know, the people that I respect the most are those who respect themselves and respect others enough <laughs> to allow them to feel what they feel, to contribute, you know, their own opinions without taking things personally, to receive feedback without going, you know, off the grid for a couple of days because they can't handle feedback or whatever, right? It's it's like being able to speak. I love and appreciate people who speak radical truth. That's why I'm going to have more and more of these men and women on my show. I'm just like so love to be around men and women who actually like know what they stand for right? They know what they stand for. They know what they're here to do. They are clear about protecting their time, their energy, so that they can channel and funnel it towards more of the right things that matter most instead of being distracted, spread all over the place, right? I respect that. I do not respect 
I lose respect quickly for people who are jumping around like beans, Mexican jumping beans. Every time somebody pings and pangs and a notification goes off on their phone. I'm like, I've been on those calls, you know, on the Zoom calls or in a boardroom where people's phones are just going off left, right, and center. People are looking at their phones and they're looking at, you know, their computers and they're looking at a million other things. And they're, they are a million other places, but they're not fully present, fully there, or they're trying to say yes to everyone. And they're so dispersed, so watered down that they cannot fully be present and available and all in for what they're doing right now. So, you know, this, this people pleasing thing, it's got to go because it is highly disrespectful, not only to yourself, but to the other person, because you're literally telling them, you know, I just don't think you can handle yourself. You know, I just don't think that you have you have the skill set, the maturity, the capacity to be able to handle a no or a yes or an opinion. So I'm just going to dance around like a puppet on a string, but you guys are playing this puppet puppeteer game together. That's not union. That's not harmony. That's not co-creation. That's not collaboration. That's fear. That's control. That's manipulation. And that's disrespect. So I'm just going to call it out for what it is. And, you know, it's hard to hear this because a lot of people really feel or have bought into this idea that, no, I'm doing it because I care. I'm doing it because I love her. I don't want them to be upset. Da, da, da. It's like, look, you are not teaching anyone how to rise. You're not teaching them that you believe in them. You're not teaching them that you're there and you're listening and you hear and you respect them enough to give them 100% of your attention later. But you can't be a million things to a million people right now right? I was at a conference last week and one of the women in the audience, you know, I was at a women's wealth conference. One of the women raised her hand and was asking about mom guilt to the panel. Like, how do you ladies, these ladies all have like multi, multi multi-million dollar businesses, families, husbands, all the things. And one of the women in the audience was like, how do you handle the guilt? Right. And I guess like, yes, we all have it at some level. And I guess, I'm going to say, yes, I experience it sometimes. I would probably say I'm probably on the other end of the spectrum, but like I don't entertain it very long. I ditch it and I love, love, love what one of the panelists said. And it is literally the same thing that I tell my clients. I've told my kids, I tell my husband, I tell everyone. It's like, look, when I'm here for you, I am here for you 100%. You're getting 100% of me. Like if we're going out, if we're going on a trip, if we're going on a family trip, if we're going for dinner, like I don't bring my phone. I'm not, I truly don't, you know, I'm all in wherever I am. And, and there are times obviously where I get distracted, but this is something I've really like I really feel like this is something I have worked on because it is one of my biggest triggers when someone else is there but distracted. Like quality time is maybe because quality time is my love language, right? So when someone's with me and then they're on their phone or someone's with me or they're doing something else, I'm like, you know what? Let's just cancel. Like I just have zero desire to hang out in a room while you look at a phone. I might as well sit here and stare at a wall. Like to me, there's no greater insult than spending time with someone who's not available or all in. And and that's kind of how I look at it in my business or in my client meetings or in my work. Like if I'm working on something, you know, I will say, yes, I get distracted, but like, it has been a challenge and a skill set to develop to be all in unapologetically on whatever you're at. And there is something, I'm going to circle back to that respect piece because, and I'm going to speak from a woman's perspective, from a feminine perspective into the masculine, because another thing I hear a lot is, you know, especially 
again, in the beginning, <laughs> when I start working with clients where men will be like, she's texting me 24 seven, like all the time, interrupting me at work, needing me, like demanding that I reply right now or do with this right now. And sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes it's the men doing it to the women, right? It might be your employees for you or your kids or whatever. It doesn't matter. But, you know, the thing is like, if you're always available, 24 seven. And I know that if I text you, I, it's like, ding, you're going to get back to me right away. Ding, ding, ding. Your doors are always open 24 seven. And I know that you do not how to say, know how to say no. You do not know how to protect your toy. If I know that you have zero boundaries, you're always wide open. That's actually a terrifying thought actually to me as a woman thinking about, do I actually want to be in a relationship with someone who's just wide open 24 seven, who doesn't know how to say no? to anything consistently or is afraid or is trying to like have one foot in both places or 10 different places at once. Mm, You know, like as I continue to grow and I continue to get more and more clear on the vision that God has for me, for our life, more and more clear over the vision that is in my business, the people I want to reach, the work I want to do, the books I want to, like all of the things. The no is getting clearer and clearer and clearer. And I deeply, deeply respect a man and woman who are so unwavering and clear in their no's because their heck yes is so strong, so clear. And, you know, I think that whether you're in a relationship, you know, how we apply this to a relationship is like, I am so dedicated. I'm so devoted to making sure that I am with this one person that when I'm with them, I'm all in. And I'm if I'm in this relationship, I'm all in. My doors are not open to 20 other potential conversations from, you know, exes or entertaining other whatever flirtatious things, or, you know, just there are doors, there are certain doors that we just shut down because we're not available anymore for that. Right. Think about in your relationship, right? Where are you still entangled saying yes to things that are just open doors that have have taken you out of being a fierce protector of the territory and the sacredness of your relationship. I bet everybody's got some kind of open doors, right? It might just be dreaming about, you know, or talking to an ex or something like that. I That just got pain from a conversation I had last week with someone else who was having these doors open because they're just friends and this person keeps reaching out. And it's like, mm, how is that helpful? And also, how would that make you feel if you were on the receiving end of that? And that was your partner. You know, I really respect the no, right? But we do it because we're afraid because we don't want to hurt people's feelings, but we don't realize what we're actually doing in the process, which is we're manipulating a whole bunch of outcomes. We're running, running the whole show out of fear and they're games, they're games that we're playing and they're dangerous games because ultimately it makes us unavailable, fully unavailable for the things that truly matters. And it also makes our boundaries and our walls really kind of wishy-washy and unstable. So as I'm, as I'm beginning to wrap up today, you know, I want to kind of go back through, like, what if we really take a different approach to this people-pleasing tendencies? Because at the core of it, I'm all about just getting to the root of what's actually going on. Like, you know, first of all, let's reframe before we do anything. Let's reframe what it actually is. Let's give it a new definition. I think a lot of people, the why we struggle with so many things is we have old definitions of what that thing means, right? We think, oh, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser because I'm nice and because I care about people and I want other people to be happy. Well, congratulations. Let's upgrade that definition of what it actually means to make people happy, to see other people grow, right? To contribute to other people. Like, 
Like let's really upgrade what it means to care for others, to invite others to rise, to give other people an opportunity to be fully seen in all of like whatever they're feeling, right? It's okay for you to be upset if I say no. It's okay for someone to be disappointed. It's okay. Maybe they were looking forward to something. I'm not available right now, but I can do this for you next week or tomorrow or later. If that person's disappointed, what if that gets to be okay? Like sometimes I'm really looking forward to things and it doesn't work out and and it's okay, you know? I can be disappointed and I can still get excited about another thing, right? But when you're trying to rob someone or pacify all of their emotions like it's literally like you're trying to sedate someone and control them stick a pacifier in their mouth like a baby you know Mm, that's kind of where we started to go wrong we got a distorted definition of what it means if i care about my baby my baby's never gonna cry really crying is a signal right and this is part of the problem. We we are taught, even from a young age, that like, oh my gosh, don't be sad. Don't be disappointed. Don't cry. Don't, why not? For what reason? Then why do we have those emotions? Those emotions are there on purpose, right? And from the beginning of time, somehow along the way, we've bought distortions that to have those emotions of disappointment or sadness or you know, someone saying no to us means like, they don't love me. They don't care about me. They don't like me, you know, and we make up all of these stories and we have made up all of these stories along the way. So step number one is that as we leave today is really like, what if we get to upgrade our definition? If you're showing up because you truly love your husband, you truly love your wife, you 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 truly love your kids. Like, what is the level 2.0 of love and caring and respecting them and honoring them and honoring yourself and like setting a higher standard? Like, what does that get to look like, right? I really want to invite us all into upgrading the way that we're looking at some of these old definitions that we've just took on. And now it's kind of like, this is not working for us anymore. You know, they're outdated. <laughs> There's something broken about that definition. So let's move it back into alignment. The second thing then is like, okay, if that's truly the definition, right, to care about someone is allowing them to access their own strength, right? Allowing them to experience their own struggle a little bit without just jumping and saying, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Right. Because you're afraid they're going to be upset at you. And by the way, I want to share a real quick example, but what are you actually afraid of? And can we just kind of slow down and really look at that fear and breathe into it a little bit and go, you know what? Like, is that really truly going to happen? Really? Is this how, is, is this the dynamic of our relationship? Like, what does the love have to say about that? What is the loving way to move forward? The true loving way to move forward, right? What is a loving conversation here or the respectful conversation? What is the needed conversation, right? And we are, when we do this, guys, we start to raise the bar for everybody across the board, right? And again, it does not matter if it's a husband, wife. I'm going to give a quick example with my mom. My mama, my dear mama, she's 74 years old. She just moved down here from Canada after being in Canada for over, I think, 12 years with me. She came up there with me when I had first started my bricks and mortar business in Canada. I was a single mom at the time. And, you know, she's an amazing, amazing woman. Anna, Nona, you guys, maybe I'll have her on the show sometime. But recently we relocated her down to North Carolina. And here's the thing. My mom is the most amazing, loving, like the most unconditionally loving person. She'll do anything for anyone. And 
over the years, one of her biggest struggles has really been with her confidence and her worrying, right? She's just like a Nona, like she worries. And I noticed that as she got older, she's been kind of like retreating and retreating. And yes, you know, some people do this when they get older, right? They start to retreat. They start to believe in less and less in themselves because they start doing a lot of the repetitive things and they don't veer off into the unknown, right? They stay where it's comfortable, the most dangerous place to be. It's where you lose yourself. So anyway, she moved down here and I'm working, Mark's working, we're running around. Our house is like 20 minutes from town. And, you know, while I started driving her places, I realized that she would not exit the house without me getting in the car with her, even to drive around the neighborhood. And she wanted to go to town a few times. And and I could tell she was sort of panicking, like, I need you to go with me, you know, and all this stuff. And it's very easy at that point to be like, oh, gosh, you know, I feel bad. Okay, fine. I'll drive her or whatever. But here's what I noticed. I was like, if I do this, how is this actually helping her stretch herself, get out of her comfort zone? Like, and again, it requires discernment, right? It definitely requires discernment. There's times where it's like, yeah, let's go, right? But whenever I feel like I'm moving from a place of obligation of like, ugh, no, I have something else to do right now. Actually, I have an, another docket of things to do today, but I'm starting to go, okay, fine. Okay, fine. And I'm compromising and I'm moving out of obligation because I feel bad or I'm afraid I'm going to feel guilty or I don't want that person to be upset. Like that's it. That's the trigger for me. Right. So last week, I think it was, I I just said, mom, I'm, I'm not available. I have things on my list. Like here's how you get there. Right. And I just let it go. And I knew she was upset with me. (laughs) I knew she was a little upset with me, but here's the thing, you know, she ended up going in the car, frustrated, pissed off at me probably and drove to town. And I'm telling you guys, when she came back, she was so excited. She did not walk in the door pissed off. She walked in like, woohoo, I did it. I drove to town. I know the way. I know where I'm going. Look, I found the way. She learned how to use the GPS. Thanks to Mark. He helped her out with the figuring out the GPS. But here's the thing. You know what? She's been to town almost every single day since then on her own. And she has not asked me to go with her one time. Before, she wouldn't even move around the neighborhood without me going with her, right? So I was starting to feel caged and a little bit trapped of like, oh, I can't just, you know, be attached to her. She's going to need to go off on her own. And this is the tension that I'm talking about, right? It's like, when do you move and when do you not? It requires discernment, right? Of course, I'm going to drive into town. And of course, I'm going to go for walks with her. And of course, we're going to do things together. But not if I'm moving from a place of obligation or I'm compromising. It's like, I really do believe that there's more than enough space for us to do what we need to do and also to have room for us as mother, daughter, husband, and wife, right? There's more than enough space if we're able to have these conversations, right? And we're able to just go through this solution solving, asking better questions together, getting out of the way, stepping back a little bit, allowing other people to have their experience while also, you know, offering another solution that works for both of us. So I just, I wanted to throw that out there for you guys. I want to share a little bit of a story around that and and just kind of see what's landing for you today. So as we wrap, you know, just check in with yourself. How much people pleasing is going on in your life? You know how you know? If you're feeling resentful, you're doing a lot of things out out of obligation and you feel like you're being controlled or manipulated or the people in your life are never happy with you. 
Mm, I would check in with that because you're chasing significance. You're chasing approval. You're trying to avoid conflict and confrontation. And it's probably creating more of it, more drama, more chaos in your life. You guys, I cannot tell you, I'm telling you guys listening, this happens so much in executive teams, in, in offices where leaders don't know how to lead, right? Don't know how to take the reins of their ship because they're terrified of everybody either leaving or saying something about them and not liking them or right. And before you know it, the ship is running you, right? Instead of you really being the leader that creates such a place of safety and respect for everyone that everybody rises. So where are you caught up in these webs of people pleasing, right? Moving out of obligation, moving out of resentment, feeling trapped, feeling controlled, never feeling like you're satisfying the people in your life. I invite you to really cut the cords Upgrade your definition of what it means to lead, to respect, to show up for other people, to allow them to respect themselves, to show up as well in the equation, right? Like really let's upgrade that. And let's just move out of this energy of fear, control and manipulation from a place of truly loving, accepting people, accepting people in all of the range of where they are and being all in on whatever we are, right? Whatever it is that we're doing, it's like, I'm going to be all in on that. I'm going to wrap with one final quick story and then I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys go. But you know, another big one here is like, I love to travel. I love the mountains. And right now at the time of this recording, it's November 15th. And whenever November rolls around, I'm like, whoa, it is ski season. Like I love to ski. And right away I'm like, babe, when are we going skiing? When are we going skiing? I want to go skiing. Like I want to go skiing. And I could feel that sometimes Mark is like, oh shoot, I have so many other things. She wants to go skiing. And he, I could see him starting to contract. And sometimes I get a little bit impatient because I'm a quick start. I'm like, the minute it comes to my mind, I've already booked the flights and booked the things and And sometimes we have gotten caught in those loops, you know, even more recently of like, he doesn't want to disappoint me. He doesn't want to let me down. So he's just like trying to do everything for everyone and make everything happen. And I really appreciate that about him. I mean, it's amazing that he, he really does want to deliver. He really does want to come through. He really does want to provide and make his people happy, which is in a beautiful, beautiful, amazing quality guys. And at the same time, what I can say back as a woman is like, you know, if we can't do it or he can't join me, cause I'm still going, if he can't join me, did you hear that? I'm still going. If he can't join me in November, then, you know, like, when can we do it? When can you be all in for me? It's okay. If you can't do it now, right now, this month, I would love it. Am I disappointed that he's not going to come a little bit? Will I still go? Yes. I'm still going to go. I'm going to invite someone else to come with me. Right. It would be amazing if he could come, but here's the thing. If he says, babe, I can't do it right now, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to block off this week in January or February, March, and I'm going to make it a priority and I'm going to get out there and we're going to have the most epic time. And like, then I know that there's more than enough room for me, for the skiing, for this big event that he's running and the events that I'm doing and the book that I'm writing. Like there's more than enough time and space, right? So, you know, this is stuff that's going on in my life every week too, right? I'm navigating this stuff as I'm sharing it. I just wanted to share this with you guys for some of you that are struggling with this, that A, you're not alone. B, there's always a a conscious and strategic upgrade to every situation. So as I leave you today, what is the conscious upgrade? The redefining of things. And what is the strategic upgrade? How will you engage differently moving forward so that you are no longer classified as a people pleaser, but a lifter up of people? I think that's all. I will end it there. No longer a people pleaser, but a lifter up of people people. 
Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life. You guys, if you love this show, if this resonated with you, hit forward right now, pass this episode on to a friend, a colleague, a relative, anyone that you know that needs to hear this message. As always, I'm honored to have you guys a little bit of your ear, right? I'd love to hear from you guys. You could follow me on Instagram at the Christine Jewel. Send me a message. Let me know what you're loving about this show. And as always, if you want to go deeper in this work, there will be a men's and women's initiation journey from head to heart, awakening the king, the queen inside, the leader and lover within that really gets into full alignment. You guys check that out. The link is in the show notes for coaching and mentorship. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys so, so much. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.